Welcome to the MLB Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And we are looking at the end of the week here, a big Friday slate in baseball and lots of evening games to choose from. So we'll have plenty of bets here for you guys. Coming off a decently not great night, two and four, lost about one and a half units. But we remain up on the season, up five units, uh, 60 and 55 there, still above 500, obviously. All we really care about is how much money we are winning. Uh, So let's maintain that positive pace here and get back on track on Friday uh, as we look at some of these games. Do want to remind you to like and subscribe to that page continue to follow along and also head to thelines.com where there's plenty of baseball content up and plenty of football content coming pretty soon also have the odds finder tool on there you can use to make sure that you are getting the best odds available to you from all of these books that are giving us bets in baseball this season nate let's go ahead and run through your first best bet here in baseball for the 25th of august yeah, I'm looking at the Dodgers at Fenway here to open that series. Mookie Betts return. And I, I want the Dodgers money line, which has been bet up minus 115 to minus 125. So I'm going to juice it by saying Freddie Freeman gets a hit. And that gives you even money at FanDuel. Um, so I'll, I, I think you can split your unit between that or however you want. And maybe even go with Freeman to get two total bases because uh, then you go up to plus 170. So Freeman, one base, basically, even two bases, plus 170. Um, and I'm attacking Cutter Crawford, who has some really troubling data against lefties um, and troubling data at Fenway. You look at his home road splits, nearly a six ERA versus two on the road. At home against lefty, lefties are posting a 426 WOBA. And 41% hard contact against him at Fenway. You know, a lot of guys talk about the approach you can have with the monster there and have that like inside out swing. I mean, turn David Ortiz into a Hall of Famer. Freddie Freeman is just absolutely locked in. 375 with a 625 uh, OPS <laughs> uh, slugging since the All Star break. 17 walks to 25Ks. He's. Hitting 372 in August. He's hitting 360 against American League, 351 on the road with a 12% walk rate. So, I mean, for this guy to stay hot, he's got a little five game hit streak coming into this. <clears throat> Not a big limp. Um, Cutter Crawford, second time through the order, starts to give up more hard contact. If he gets through the third time through the order, it's big time trouble, 55% hard contact. And then that Boston bullpen. It's okay, uh, below average probably, and the Dodgers have the best bullpen in the majors uh, since the All Star break. I mean, they're twenty seven and ten. You you know, if you know, obviously they are a team to back here. That's why they're being bet up here. Lance Lynn on the mound for for the Dodgers, and you know he's just fine. He's a serviceable veteran. He knows what to do, especially when he's got a monstrous team behind him. It's just. Pound it, pound his fastball, uh, mix in that slider. They've both been okay. I mean, his last four, if he avoids the long ball, uh, he's been fine. He's, he's, you know, he's been able to post a 1.4 ERA in these last four, 25 Ks to five walks. And the Sox are not hitting the fastball and slider very well in this last month. He actually has great career numbers against Boston, including four starts at Fenway with four different teams as, <laughs> as he's bounced around everywhere. Only allowed one homer at Fenway, and I think that's really where you need to shine is is understanding the ballpark and not letting those cheap homers 
get down the line, um, pitching to the to the to the bigger parts of it. So I'll go with the veteran here versus Cutter, who's in his second year and and was just straight up awful last year. Is you know made made himself a major league pitcher, but I think there's still a lot of trouble when you look at a, a star-studded lineup that's coming into town here uh, for this young guy. Yeah, I mean, the the thing that scares me about this game is the volatility of a game that's expected that has a, a, a total run line of, of 10 and a half. <laughs> that's where I get a little bit nervous. And I, I would imagine that that's in part due to the projection that Lance Lynn is going to give up home runs despite only having given up one playing and having played at Fenway a bunch. But I would lean a little bit towards what you're saying. Like, I have no problem even with minus 126 on the money line for this Dodgers team that I I don't know who would be pitching to them that I wouldn't feel comfortable that they could get four runs in a game, right? Like, there's very few pitchers right now, especially now that Shohei is not going to be pitching for the foreseeable future, by the way, with that UCL tear that he had. Um, Just adding to another, taking away from a list of pitchers, you might feel comfortable uh, opposing this this team uh, right now in in the lineup for the, the Doyers, who present the most problems, I think, because of the fact that they can hit lefties with their lefties in the lineup. Like Freddie Freeman might be the best lefty hitter against lefties ever. Not that you need him, I'm saying in this matchup, but you, you get my point. Like it's just tough to to really even have an advantage against them. And, and minus 126 on the road, it's always a little bit of like a, a, a I get hesitant to pick against the Sox at home, who even their young pitchers should have a bit of an understanding of how to pitch at their home park more so than visiting pitchers. But to your point as well, Lance Lynn, a guy who's pitched there plenty now and, and was in the AL a bunch as well, uh, so got a few more matchups against them before coming over here back to the, to the Doyers. But uh, I'm good with with all, everything you're saying here in terms of Freeman as well. Like he's one of my favorite baseball players of all time. I'm just glad he's off the Bravo so I can root for him. Uh, I'm going to start with a that Atlanta-San Francisco game. And I'm, I'm kind of backing both pitchers, but I'm really backing Spencer Strider in this one. Um, I, I'm, I'm going for a nerfy, Nate. I, we've never talked about this on the show yet, but a no-run first inning. Um, it was all the craze, I think, for a bit it died down. There's some pretty good yes-run first innings that you can find, but this is decent value at minus 130 on DraftKings, so I'm going to go for a full unit on that. Uh, just some numbers specifically on that. I, I'm also going to go, just mention, under San Francisco's uh, first five total runs, so and that's at one and a half, uh, and I would get minus 120 on DraftKings there, half a unit to fade the uh, San Francisco offense against Spencer Strider. Starting with the nerfy co- uh, concept here, Logan Webb on the mound, no slouch himself, by the way, like also in the Cy Young conversation, even though he's he's just probably right outside of a legitimate contender for it. Um, and, and he's had a few issues this season that hasn't looked as good as he did last year, but that's especially true on the road. He's much better uh, at home right now Two eleven ERA at home in that uh, big old outfield four, six, three on the road. Um, so, you know, th- this was the pitching matchup when they faced a week ago in this, uh, w- between these two teams, just on the 19th of August. And it was a, a nerfy right there. Um, and then Webb ended up giving up a, a four, four and runs on a, on a couple on a big home run as well. But Strider was incredible in that one. Uh, and both these guys have had really good numbers, not allowing runs in the first inning three in a row for Webb, uh, including 20 of his last 26. And then for Strider, it's been 21 of his last 25 starts and 11 in a row that he has not given up a run in the first inning. The the fear here is that like 
the the Braves are known for scoring in the first inning. Um, and to be fair, also like they do have uh, the the batters that are, that are expected to be in this lineup do have a two sixty two batting average against Logan Webb. Um, but if he's keeping the ball down like he has in his last roughly like five starts, uh, where he's really hasn't blown up at all because he's kept the ball down and hasn't given up the long ball, uh, which I think he'll be able to to manage that here as well at home, where like I said, he's been much better giving up a quarter of the amount of home runs that he's given up when he's on the road and. and less friendly ballparks so uh i think the nerf is a good one there the under for the the gigantes like i kind of was i feel like i was like taking a leaf out of your book where i just kept coming all back using all this logic to come back to all right well it sounds like the thing you're most confident about beyond all is that this giants team won't hit against spencer strider so how do you want to fade them i'm gonna fade them under one and a half runs which can feel scary but this offense has literally been a bottom two if not the worst offense uh in the last month it's the reason that they faded from from al west content nl west contention is the reason that they find themselves on the outside looking in of a very crowded nl wild card um and it's it's their hitting beyond all else uh and it's the against strider specifically they're starting a batting lineup this, that you can expect is going to coming in hitting 114 against Spencer Strider. Uh, like I said, he just came off pitching seven innings against them, gave up one hit and 10 Ks just six days ago or so. San Francisco's hitting against righties worse than any anything, even worse than lefties. Uh, the third lowest batting average, second worst WRC plus. They have the 10th highest K rate. I'm not targeting Strider's uh, strikeouts, but I do seem to have a lot of information that leads me to believe he's going to strike out a lot of guys in this game. If you want to take that, I'm sure uh, you're not getting a ton of juice, but just looking at it on FanDuel for his Ks, it's... Uh, Oh, I'm on the wrong game. Minus I'll get 150 for him to have nine Ks, yeah, is is pretty Thank absurd. There was, there was zero chance you were getting value on that. Thank you, Nate. Uh, and so, But even uh, get, uh, the, to fade the runs, is, is I'm happy to do it. His XERA down to 302. And the, the most important thing here that I probably should have just led with, he's throwing his slider 34% of the time. That's way up from his career average in the first two seasons. He was at 25% that he threw that slider. Uh, and that fastball at 58% of the time. Giants, third worst team in expected outcome versus the slider. And they are the worst team in expected outcome versus versus the fastball, his two best pitches. So this is a great opportunity for Strider to continue. This is going to be one of those things where we look at Strider's career at the end and we're like, oh, he was 13-1 and against the Giants with a 1-6-2 ERA or something, you know? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm usually reluctant to to look at an immediate rematch and say, like, same thing's going to happen again. But with Spencer Strider, it's not like you you can, like, expect a certain pitch and be ready for it and get timed up. Like, He's just blowing the ball past you. Like you, you can see that all you want, and San Francisco is still not going to be able to hit him. So I, I understand right. the uh, the the faith here um, in terms of just one run through five. Um, and I think Logan Webb, you know, is a guy I'm going to trust at home. His entire career has been much much better at that huge ballpark um, to right. keep the Braves' offense down. Um, yeah, having just hit an under with the Braves two nights ago, even though they got seven, um, but. Yeah, they're they're they showed that some of their offense has has lapsed in the last like two weeks that they're not quite as dangerous yeah. as they were early. And I would season. argue the Mets offense is is better than the Giants offense. And the Mets only gave up gave you zero runs in that game. I think the Giants are good for less than two in this. Yeah, one. the Giants have been struggling really bad since since July started. Um, so my other game here. Padres Brewers under eight runs uh, with you Darvish and Brandon Woodruff on the mound. I think those are two starting pitchers that you can rely on 
not to implode. I know Darvish has given up four in consecutive starts, but he matches up well against Milwaukee. I mean, his career number seven starts, 2.09 ERA, 5.7K for walk. And it's the lefties that he's been able to handle. Uh, you look at Yelich, Ramel Tapia, and Carlos Santana, and they are hitting like 160 against him. The Yelich and Santana have each hit two solo homers of their nine hits here. Um, so it's encouraging that Darvish has really limited homers lately um, um, on the on the road, especially as we go to a pretty big ballpark. He's limited exit velocity and hard contact a lot in his last five. Arizona was able to line him up, um, and that's why he was able, he gave up four runs there. But yeah, he still has one of the better sliders in the game. Milwaukee is 27th against the slider on the season. He even faced them earlier this year. I mean, the last two times he faced them since joining the Padres, they've they've scratched out a couple runs on like a sacrifice, and and he's piled up K's. So. I do think Darvish is not going to blow up. I think he's going to have a quality start here. These bullpens are fifth and sixth in ERA in the last two weeks, so I don't think that the bullpen is going to be the the culprit here. I know Milwaukee's offense has been pretty hot lately, but San Diego has been been playing these lower scoring games. They are uh, fourteen and four, uh, eleven and four to the under, eleven three and one exactly in the last 15 here and and Woodruff coming off a rough start in Texas because that, that is a tough place. And, and because he walked a couple guys and then gave up a couple homers, but we're talking about a 0.077 BABIP. Um, We're just saying Texas really wasn't able to to chase. Didn't, didn't bite on his curve and change up and chase. Um, You know, San Diego might not either, but they just haven't been flashing the same type of power. Uh, Woodruff was lights out against righties. Last year, lights out against lefties this year. I mean, he's just got great stuff, and he knows how to pitch. Last year at home, 2.06 ERA, held guys under 200 when they were runners in scoring position. So I don't think he's a blow-up candidate either. I think the bullpen shut it down, and we stay under eight runs. I think that's fair. I was I was looking at a similar bet here in this game, and, and the only reason I, I didn't really feel comfortable with it was because of the propensity for, for you to blow up. But, um, you know, this is this is not the team that you expect to blow up against him for sure. I would agree. So I, I, I'm good with with the under in this one. The uh, the bullpens, yeah, have been very impressive. And, and really, I mean, the pitching for San Diego, for the most part, has been really impressive. It's It's been those random four home runs allowed that that from you, Darvish, that that scare you. But it's 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 hard to predict that. And that's less likely, especially in this scenario versus this lineup than it is more likely to happen so uh i'm gonna end with a very simple play a prop here on the mlb show nate and that is ian happ over one and a half total bases plus 150 on DraftKings. it is plus 550 for him to get a home run eh, maybe maybe a five spot on there or something maybe a little five year if you're, if you're not worried about parting with a lincoln if it doesn't happen uh he does have two home runs in his career versus mitch keller who is the pirates best pitcher despite also having a few weeks in a row of getting just absolutely crushed as well. He's come back definitely to earth, and, and he's done that by by coming up against Minnesota and Cincinnati. So he's really regressed back to his mean by 
playing two of the worst lineups against righties in the league. Uh, Cincinnati striking out at the second highest rate right now against right-handed pitching over the course of the last like month and a half. So like not much to me there. I think it's a little bit more uh, telling that in the games coming up to that against Milwaukee, against Atlanta, against Philly, he was getting hit pretty well. And a couple of teams in the AL as well, including the Guardians who smashed him. So he was just really in like a mental funk, I think. Um, It's still Ian Happ has such good, uh, uh, such good history against him and has been so successful. Uh, I think it's a really good situation for him. He's had an awful August. Like I I do want to be very clear that I'm aware that Ian Happ was really bad in August. Uh, batting right around 200. Uh, he did have four home runs, though. And that actually is the most home runs of any Cubby in a month this season. So like he's still having a, a good power month in, in August. And that's why I still think he's capable of getting some pretty good contact against Mitch Keller, who has had a, a slightly lower velo on his stuff uh, in the last couple of weeks as well. Or, well, a couple of months, in fact. So uh, for Hap, he's way better against uh, righties than lefties. 418 slugging from righties and then when he's batting lefties that's down to 357 so i look keller's susceptible to the long ball it's part of the reason you've seen him give up eight runs or six runs or five runs over the course of the last couple months is because he gives up two or three homers and i think with that level of hard contact likely for ian happ you know getting two total bases it's it's definitely a little bit ballsy i really i might have even just eaten the juice and taken it if it was like over one or or over a half a a total base but you probably weren't going to get that knowing his history against Keller and I'll I'll take it at plus 150 as a result of you know needing him to get two total bases yeah I mean looking at some of the the numbers Cody Bellinger Nico Horner and Dansby Swanson all look like they're going to mash against Keller so maybe you guys want to look at just the Cubs run total Um, maybe you want to look at Bellinger to be the, the guy I mean you could bet Bellinger plus 950 to be to hit the first home run here and Hap and then even, you know, you know, hedge against those two, you're still cashing like plus 400 at least if one of those guys does hit the first homer of the game. But, yeah, I could definitely see the Cubs staying hot in this matchup. Yeah, I'm going to need them to. I have quite a bit riding on them to make the playoffs where they currently are and also a little bit on them to win the division. Uh, but the Brewers do keep winning right now. So we'll see how that – and Bob Woodruff is, is a nice pitcher there. So anyway, that is – all the time we have for you guys in this one. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Coming back to you next week with more videos each and every weekday. So until we see you next, happy betting.